Nation fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me as always, the one, the only, Mr. Chad Cruz. Chad, how you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, I want to point out that I am the most dependable guy that you know. You you really are, and uh, that's a shame. Uh, I guess that Sad. speaks either highly to, to you or lowly to all the other people in my life. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, we are going to be talking about Mark Dacascos today, as promised on our last episode, and as many of our followers on social media participated in our Mark DeCoscos challenge. But before we get to Mark, let's talk about Geekscape and our friends over there. Jonathan London really, really loved your 10 things you didn't know about Soldier Post from a few weeks back, so much that he raved about it, not only on Twitter, but on his long-running podcast, the Geekscape podcast, you're changing lives. Yeah, I, you know, I I knew when we started this podcast that I was going to have the opportunity to really make an impact out there. And I think that I've done it, and I could probably stop now. You think? You Well, you could quit while you're ahead, I guess, or you can soldier on, if you so, will. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know what? Soldier is one of those movies that... Um, it probably doesn't have the cult following that it should, but the people who love the people who who remember it and enjoyed it, they're like absolute fanatics for it. So well, I'm gl- I'm glad he enjoyed it. It's certainly one I've never seen, and uh, but now I'm yeah I'm really intrigued. It's I You're feel like, I, now. I, like it. I got to track this thing down because I mean obviously you you think highly of it and it basically. Uh, Caused Jonathan London to lose his ever-loving mind, although that's not always a, a, a difficult thing to do for him. Right. You know uh, what? If if you want to send me like a uh, postage, I'll, I'll mail it to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know it was it's like forty dollars. For okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that because I've sent you things and it hasn't cost that much money. Um. Hmm. But again, Geekscape. Uh. Want to. You know, thank Jonathan for the shout out and the love that he gave us there and encourage you to uh, check out Geekscape.net because there's tons of podcasts, not just the Bulletproof podcast. Oh, yeah. Horror Movie Night. I've I've checked that one out. I've enjoyed that one. Um, you know, so check it out. There's something for everybody, uh, really, if you're into any form of pop culture. All Geekscape, things geek. Yeah. Geekscape.net is your one stop shop for that. Uh some more news and information. Uh, some of the crowdfunding campaigns that uh, we have been involved with and promoted on the site. Uh, in Search of the Last Action Heroes. Uh, interesting documentary by Oliver Harper, who is a big-time YouTube celebrity, if you will. Um, great piece of business. I did uh, cover that for the, the site. Uh, you can check it out, bulletproofaction.com, for my review. Um, and definitely one that I would uh, suggest people check out. And that might be one I send your way, Chad. So I'm looking forward to it. I love you when you send me packages. You send me $40 and I'll get oh. this out to you. Or you can pick it up, your own copy, Cheapskate, on Amazon. What do you think of that? Well, it's it's one option. It is. And definitely encourage uh, all our listeners out there to check it out Um uh, Covering the 80s and the 90s of, of you know the golden era, really, of yeah. action movies. And it's awesome. And it, great memories, uh, interviews with people like Cynthia Rothrock, Scott Adkins is in there. And interesting for Adkins because he's coming into it as kind of like you and me and anybody else. He's a, He was a fan at the time. You know, obviously he was not, had not started his career yet. He was too young for that. Right. I think that anyone who's that involved in the action community whether you're you're making films, you're in films, or you're just someone like us who watches a lot of a shitload of action movies, and who grew up in the era, the golden era, as you say, um, you have a deep appreciation for some of these guys who you know paved the way. Right. And this is one of those documentaries that uh, it highlights it, but it also like it memorializes some of these guys who aren't around today, and it reminds us that these guys existed and that we wouldn't have what we have without these people. Absolutely. And uh, just a great piece of uh, nostalgia as well. Check it out. In Search of the Last Action Heroes, you can pick it up on Amazon. I think you can even just rent it, too, if you don't want to actually pick up the physical copy. Uh, rent 
three, four bucks, not a bad deal. Um, and one other piece of crowdfunding business, our good friend, Mr. Paul London uh, and Tiger Man. We've, we finally got to see the proof of concept video, which is very cool. Uh, Elvis searching for the killer of Bruce Lee or killers of Bruce Lee in Vegas in the 70s. What's not to like about that premise? Yeah, what a fantastic concept. I mean, anytime you can get Elvis Presley fans, Kung Fu fans together, um, I mean, it's funny is is the idea of Elvis Presley avenging the death of Bruce Lee is so kind of out there. But, right. but is it? Right. It's, yeah, it's one of those... <laughs> One of those things, it's like, it kind of like reminds me in a, a strange way of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like the first time you heard that, it was like, what? Yeah. But now it's like, well, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Of course. Right. Of course and, you the know, turtles in the sewer would be able to do become ninjas with a rat. Yeah. And you think about, you think about, you know, Elvis, who was, was a true to life martial artist in one way or another. I'm not sure how, how elite he was. But uh, the fact that he was so wealthy and, and uh, famous for so long, there's, it, it's not a surprise that he would have a friendship that we we didn't that we didn't know about with Bruce Lee and another guy who's super famous. So right. like I could almost see this as a as a true to life tale. Well, yeah, I'm just going to assume those, it is. Let's just yeah, assume both it is. those guys. Well, and I think they're selling it that this is also was it an alternate reality, which is fine, or maybe maybe it is not an alternate reality. Maybe it's real. Maybe but again, you've got two, two guys mythological, basically, levels. Still real to me, damn it. Well, good. So if you want to be a part of this and help uh, get Tiger Man to the next phase in its life, it is uh, just you can go to Twitter at Tiger Man, P-O-C, as in proof of concept, and uh, click the link, go to the Indiegogo, and uh, make it happen. Yeah, let's take care of some business, boys. Because you know th these kinds of films, like we get to, we got to see a proof of concept. We got to see a five minute, essentially a fight scene. And but once you once you watch the video, you're going to get a little taste of what what they want to do with the credits, with the music, just like with the tone, with the color grading. Like there's a lot going on in just a five yeah. minute clip, more than you know a dude kicking another dude in the face. You know what I mean? So right. Uh, I and it really it had an authentic, it had an authentic retro feel to it. It did. Um, it didn't. It wasn't like we're trying to make this look retro. It just, I mean, I, the stock footage, obviously the music helped, but the way he shot it, like you said, the, the colors, everything was. It was. It was really well done, and uh, I definitely would like to see more of it, more than five minutes. I'd like to see you know either a short film or if it could eventually be a feature film, that'd be even better. But uh, definitely would love at least a short film to come out of this. Um, yeah, no so doubt about it. On Twitter at Tigerman POC, and we will also have it linked on our Twitter, on the website, bulletproofaction.com. So there will be no excuse for you not to find, find it. So last but not least, when we're talking crowdfunding, this one, a long time in the makings, a book uh, by Marco Seidelman, uh, it's called Stories from the Trenches, Adventures, and Making High-Octane Hollywood Movies with canon veteran Mr. Sam Furstenberg, who we obviously hold in very high esteem. Uh, he's in the Bulletproof Action Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, oh, you, you better if believe had, it is. If we had shared rafters between our two homes, his jersey would be hanging in them right now. It absolutely would. Uh, Furstenberg, of course, the director of the first two American Ninja movies. He did uh, Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja 3, The Domination, Avenging Force, uh, Break in 2, Electric Boogaloo, uh, one of my personal favorites. And <laughs> this book, it, it, it you know has interviews with you know Sam talking about all his movies, but plus with Keith Vitale, Michael Dudikoff, Judy Aronson, one of your favorites. Uh, mm -hmm. I even found an old interview with uh, Steve James from a magazine, and that's in there. You've got tons and tons of behind the scenes pictures that you would have never seen anywhere else because they came from Sam's personal collection. There's a 
copies of uh, script pages in there. Just a great piece of business. And if you're a fan of Canon, um, you're going to want to check this out. Again, also available on Amazon. I'm not going to send you this, Chad, because I'm just, I've just started. I mean, uh, and uh, well, there may be a quote or two from somebody from the site in there. Well, I know where you live, so I can just come take it whenever I want. So, But yeah, definitely uh, want to thank uh, Marco for including some of my quotes from some of the reviews on bulletproofaction.com. And there, that was a pleasant surprise. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into more of the book. I'm, I don't even think I'm a third of the way through. And, uh, but I will be. I'll be through at some point. It's a huge book. But speaking of huge, this is a big episode for us, Chad. We're talking about Mark DeCoscos. Marky Mark. We threw it out there to our social media followers. And of course, if you want to follow us on social media, if you're not already doing so, we are at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and Facebook. It was the Mark DeCoscos Challenge. We asked you to list your top five Mark DeCoscos movies and uh, compiled all the ballots. This is legit. These This top ten was created by you and by the members of the BulletproofAction.com staff. So if you're ready, Chad, we can get into this countdown. Yeah, I'm ready. Reveal, reveal I, the results of the Mark DeCoscos challenge. I think the only thing you enjoy more than action movies is compiling data that you've gotten from these polls. I love it. Because you, I don't, I don't think you care what's number one. You just care that you've, you, you, you have the opportunity to sit there and count all your beans, you know? There, there is a, a certain level of sure joy thing. I get from these, from these types of things. Um, I, I will admit that. So with that out of the way, number 10 on the countdown. It is Kickboxer 5, also known as The Redemption Kickboxer 5. Uh, this one is one I have not seen in a long time, but one thing I do remember about it is or basically the, the whole message of the entire Kickboxer series is if you don't return for a sequel, they straight up kill you. They, yeah. they don't play. They killed off everybody. Every Sloan brother at this point has been killed. Uh, Mark DeCoscos plays Matt Reeves, who's just a friend of the Sloan family. They didn't try to jam him in as some Sloan, another brother or cousin or whatever. Yeah, honestly, adopted Sloan. Right, he doesn't look like anything like him. Not that the first two Sloan brothers looked anything alike. But, uh, you know, we'll forget about that. Uh, but, yeah, so he plays Matt Reeves, and he gets kidnapped, I guess. Or not really kidnapped, but everybody's brought to this evil villain who has this dream of kind of being the Vince McMahon of kickboxing where he right. controls the entire sport and all the champions work for him. And he has, you know, this whole thing, it's played by James Ryan who, uh, you know, did a, some martial arts stuff, uh, mostly in South Africa, which I was where I believe these movies, this movie was filmed as well. Um, an interesting uh, chapter in the kickboxer saga. What did you, would you not say? Yeah, it is. And, and the fact that they didn't go with the, like you were saying, they didn't go with another Sloan brother. They just went with like a buddy of his. I was happy about that. And um, it, it plays a little bit better because of that, I think. But this movie it is kind of riding on the, on the end of the whole, everybody's having these like underground kickboxing tournaments kind of fad that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was kind of at the tail end of that, I thought. And it pretty much played it played out at this point. You know, a lot of these kickboxer movies run together, not the series of kickboxer movies, but like all the, the rant American kickboxer and the American kickboxer one or whatever it was like, they right. all kind of ran together for me. And, and Mark Dukaskis wasn't a name at the time that I knew. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It almost feels like it's an Albert Pune movie without being an Albert Pune movie. And, it kind of misses for me, you know, it didn't have the, of course it didn't have Van Damme, but it even took me a minute for, to get on board with Sasha Mitchell. 
And but 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 when I did, I was all for him. And without Sasha Mitchell, without Van Dam, without Tong Po, it just didn't feel like a kickboxer movie to me. Without Brad Thornton, even. Without my boy BT. Who, who, yeah, you know he he was in number four. That's I guess that's another thing. Like, the fact that it was so completely different. Well, when you really think about it, all five of them were pretty much completely different. Even the yeah, three that had Sasha Mitchell, they all had kind of a whole different feel to them. Yeah. Um, so it, it was it was par for the course uh, where the Kickboxer series was concerned. Okay, let's move on to number nine, and this one is one you covered not too long ago. It is yeah. Sabotage. Sabotage, yeah, it's a, it's one of Mark's uh, done the year after Kickboxer Five, but I feel like he seems like a a, a more well rounded actor at this point. Uh, but he plays a, a former special service agent who essentially gets uh, nearly killed at the beginning by uh, Tony Todd's character. And the one thing I can tell you about Sabotage is it has a great supporting cast. So you've got Carrie Ann Moss from the Matrix series. You've got Tony Todd, Candyman, Graham Greene, uh, who's been in so many movies I probably don't want to name, name them all. Um but the cascus basically gets caught up into this, this whole conspiracy thing. There's someone trying to assassinate one of his, uh, his people that he was body bodyguard for and FBI agent Carrie Ann Moss gets involved. And then it's just like shit blows up. And by the end, there are a couple action scenes that should have just, the trailer should have been just these action scenes because the whole movie kind of leads up and it builds up to these action scenes. And if you can't make it through the first hour of the movie, you're probably not going to like it. But once you get there, you're like, oh, thank God I made it. Yeah, it had more of an action thriller feel to it, it uh, did. than than any of his other films. Certainly any of the other films that made this list. Um, yeah, that's one I, I, I don't really – another one I have vague recollection of. So another one I want to check out, though, again. Uh, especially yeah, it's fun. There's, I, I think that some of the characters are – not well fleshed out, um, but what what do you expect? I guess <laughs> for a movie right. movie like this, but it's better than it probably should have been, to be honest. All right, we'll move on to number eight, which was one of my personal favorites. This one was on my list for sure. China Strike Force. We get evil Mark Dacascos for the first time mm. on our list, but not the last. Uh, teaming up with all of all people, Coolio, and mm. they are tag team against Aaron Kwok and Lee Hong Wang, who are like huge, huge stars in uh, Hong Kong. And this one just, uh, this is one of those ones when I saw it, I'm like, I don't understand how this one, uh, how I missed it because this, this one was an eye opener. I mean, this was Hong Kong action at its best. There's like a formula one race car involved. There, there's things off the side of a building shoot out at a temple it's 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 everywhere it's it's great it's great hong kong style action and uh, mark dacascos i mean right from the get-go he establishes that he is pure evil he's an evil badass and i think you'll see that in probably half the films that are on this list that you know very few of, of the actors that well few that we've done of that we haven't done many of these but when you think about these actors in their top 10 lists uh, rarely do they have kind of that hero villain ratio that Dacascus has here because, because he's good as a hero. He's just as good or better as a villain. So yeah. this is the first one. And the movie doesn't feel like it came out in 2000. When you watch it, you're like, Oh, this was a great movie in 1992. And maybe part of that is because it's just visually, it doesn't look like a movie from, you know, the same year as like after the, the matrix or whatever. Right. I think that's where that feeling of like, how did I miss this? Where maybe it really wasn't yeah. all that long after it came out, but it feels old school enough that it's like, Oh, like when did this happen? But you know, it happened and I'm glad it did. Uh, one of my personal favorites of Mr. DeCoscos. Oh, and uh, Norika Fujiwara. Oh yeah. Unbelievably hot. That the dress she wears in there. Oh my goodness. Quite an eye popping uh, gown, if you will. Number seven, American Samurai. This one, Mark DeCoscos' first film, 
again, playing the bad guy in a story that we have seen before. Um, very reminiscent of the Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow storyline, if you're a G.I. Joe fan. Mm-hmm. David Bradley was the actual star of this one, but I think DeCoscos, in his rookie effort, outshined Bradley at every turn. And this one, yeah. uh, also, we mentioned him earlier, directed by Sam Furstenberg. Yeah, our first our first look at Furstenberg on this look. I think our only look, but um, he he teamed up with David Bradley a bunch. Um, is he in the book? Do you remember, recall seeing him in the book? Interviews David, with David Bradley? I, I don't know if I've seen him. I okay. certainly haven't gotten to that yet. I've kind of leafed through to right. before this to, to give a good... I know he's kind of, you know, people say David Bradley's kind of a bit of a recluse at this point in his life. You know, hmm. that the Hollywood well, thing this, didn't this movie work did, out. Didn't pan out, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a good reason. I, I, I think he's terrible, but... <laughs> Uh, how do you really feel Um, about him but yeah this movie did come out in 92 and Dacascus again as a villain and as like a super over the top villain and like you said it's like the the storm shadow uh, snake eyes story and you got John Fujioka in there yeah I know how how did they just take the same like did they film this the day after American Ninja ended maybe um yeah, it's just kind of funny. It's weird to watch it. Yeah, they, they tried too hard to make an American Ninja. Right, they were trying to make a new franchise. Right. Yeah, and then I felt like the tournament that was thrown in there just felt out of place, and there's just like almost too much. Like they've got three movies smushed into one. Just give me the the brother situation, and I'd probably be okay with it. Which it kind of was like that was kind of also the. Uh the plot of the first ninja movie with Scott Adkins too. They kind of had that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And it, yeah, American Samurai to your point, it's like, they were like, oh, okay. American Ninja did real well for us. And mm-hmm. Bloodsport did real well for us. Let's jam these two things together yeah. and we'll have a better movie than both of those. And it didn't quite happen. Um, that way but again the good good role for mark dacosco is definitely again when you think this was his first big major role he was quite impressive yeah he was and he's 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 mean in it you know what i mean like he's like a yakuza dude and like he doesn't take shit from anybody and and i dig that you know and uh if you grow up with david bradley you probably want to kill him too so i get it wow you're really against David Bradley tonight. I'm not a fan. American Ninja 3, just when I was a kid, I hated it. And then when they did 4, I was like, oh, he's the worst part about American Ninja 4. <laughs> so, And there's probably nothing he could do to ever win me over. So, Well, yeah. I mean, he kind of bumped duty out. And I know Michael yeah. Dudikoff is a personal hero of yours. And it, he is. And I assume that it's David Bradley who broke up Dudikoff and Judy Aronson. You think so? so what do you think know, of sure what do you think is. of the the fact that it was Dudikoff that got Bradley the job? Have you heard that story? I did not know that. No. Yeah, he's the one. You get the I think, duty I think, seal of approval. I think Bradley was like a maybe a car salesman or something, and oh, Duty was like, "Oh, you should, you know, blah blah blah, <laughs> go over to Canon. They'll make you a star." Um, and that's what happened. But uh, God, I wish they. I wish Lauren Abaddon had been in it. That's what I wish. Oh, that would have been sweet. Lauren Avedon and Steve James. We might have to have a what if episode. Yeah, that'd be good. Also good. Number six on our list. I know you love this one. Maybe you don't. Cradle to the Grave. I know you have actually you have very strong feelings about this. Again, Mark DeCosco's playing the bad guy along with the lovely Kelly Hu um, taking on DMX. And Jet Li, Jet Li in America, one of your favorite topics. I could do an entire podcast on how much I hate Jet Li's American films. Even Lethal Weapon um, 4? Well, he really doesn't talk much in Lethal Weapon I, I like Lethal Weapon 4. It plays to his strong suits. Um, but, yeah, I just, this movie, they tried. And <laughs> Kelly Who's beautiful. I mean, my favorite part of the movie is Anthony Anderson. Why is that? He's funny, and he—I I mean, he's the only character. I was like, oh, I want to see more of him. 
And I don't want to see Jet Li's like, I am a robot reading my lines. I don't need that. I don't need DMX trying to be an actor. Uh, I feel like they only put those two together, Jet Li and DMX, because neither one of them was, was tall. And neither one of them made the other one look awkward. Maybe so. I'm, I'm surprised Danny DeVito didn't show up. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't know. Maybe they couldn't afford Danny DeVito. To normalize their heights, yeah. But, yeah, th- I mean, Mark Dacascus, I like him as a villain. Um, another villain role for him on this list. Um, I would have rather seen Mark Dacascus in the role that Jet Li was in and then put Jet Li in the villain role and have him say very few words. I'm just burying these movies. You are, but that's all right. I mean, again, this is proof that this is a legitimate list and it wasn't just like, hey, you pick your <laughs> your five right. favorite and I'll pick my five favorite and we'll jam them in and yeah. that, there's our list. No. And maybe, you know what? You know, uh, I've got this, this new YouTube uh, series that's coming out here pretty soon. It, it should be out by the time this, this airs, but uh, called Second Chance Cinema. And maybe Cradle to the Grave deserves a second chance. Number five on the list is John Wick 3 Parabellum. And this one definitely got uh, Mark DeCosco's back in people's minds. Um, You know, a lot of people probably forgot he was even around, but this one brought him back into the limelight. The John Wick series is a a series of films that I absolutely love. Uh, They are the most old school feeling movies that have come out, uh, in my opinion. You really, you know, in the, you know, you're in the theaters, you're seeing an R rated action movie again. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's, you know, if I had to use one word to describe the series, it would just be cool. Like every character is cool. Like even the villains, I mean, other than the guy in the first one, the, the, the pussy that kills the dog, other than him, everybody else is like super cool. Like the guys who work in the, in the hotel, um, obviously Keanu like just cruises around just oozing coolness, but I don't know, man, that, that these, this series, it's taking like the simplest of stories, a guy who used to be an assassin who like gets back into it. He's forced back into it, I guess. And now he's like, he's so far in that everybody wants him out again. Like it's a cool story. I mean, everything about it, I love. And Mark DeCascos, like you said, had kind of like disappeared from the action scene. And he'd been doing films still, but nothing really like blew up. And if you want to, if you want to be popular, just jump on Keanu Reeves bandwagon. And I would think for some people that may have been, you know, especially the younger generation, probably their first exposure to Mark DeCascos. And they're probably like, oh, who's this guy? Oh my, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, we've we've known about him for quite some time. But yeah, good for him. Uh, to me, uh, his character Zero, easily the best villain in a John Wick film to date. Agreed. And they could have easily uh, just like shoved in one of these younger guys. Um, they could have put you know Channing Tatum in that role, you know. Well, but you would have loved that. Thank Jesus, they did not. <laughs> you would have loved that. But yeah, and to what you were saying earlier, I mean, the, the whole like they've created a world. I mean, there's talk about yeah. there being a, a spinoff series about that hotel and just, you know, the, obviously there's going to be a fourth John Wick. That's why I haven't bought it. Right. Every time I'm like, I'm going to buy this because this is something I want in my collection. I'm like, well, I may as well just wait till they're all out and have one giant set of them. But I don't know. It may never stop. I, I kind of feel like I want to watch John Wick 3 again. Right. And, you know, with the characters, the, the way that they're written and the way they're portrayed on, on screen, um, they're done well to the point where, you could take any, you could take Lance Reddick's character and you could like erratic, you could take these characters and just make, give them their own series because they're so cool to watch. And like they could do a six episode miniseries on them and I'm watching it. Right. And yeah, you know, they they've had an interesting past and Halle Berry looks great in it. Number four on the countdown, my personal favorite Mark DeCosco's movie of all time, only the strong. Um, we talked about this recently on a episode of Thursday night fights where we highlighted the big finale and that's on our YouTube channel at Bulletproof media. If you have not checked that out, uh, Mark Dacascos plays, uh, an army ranger who comes back home. It's kind of got a little 
little bit of walking tall feel to it, as well as yeah. the the uh, school problem school gimmick that uh, was quite popular around this time. Lewis Stevens, he becomes the phys ed teacher, so to speak, for the worst of the worst at the school. You got uh, Jeffrey Lewis in there. Uh, Paco Christian Prieto plays our main villain. Um, And another big thing about this film is the awesome, awesome soundtrack. Para Nue will ring in my head for the rest of time. Yeah, I mean, you put me in front of like a set of drums and I'm going to start doing that, you know, that that beat and singing those Capoeira songs. But I mean, this movie, like like you said, it's probably my favorite um, just out of like sheer love for it. Is it his best movie? No, but it's my favorite one. They had the troubled youth gimmick that they did in the nineties, like crazy. And Jeffrey Lewis, it makes every film better. Um, and the is, he's like a super nice guy in it. You know what I mean? And I don't know. The capoeira is so cool. You don't see it in a lot of movies. You, you would see it in a lot of video games and every once in a while, someone would do like the, some wicked flip in a movie and you're like, Oh shit. But this is the first movie to go all in on it. And right. And there probably hasn't been many since then. I mean, you don't see a lot of Capoeira movies. I had never heard of it, heard of it until this movie. I never heard of Dacascos until this movie. I mean, it's, so this exactly. was like an eye for me. And is there any martial art that he can't do? You know what I mean? Like the Duke can do everything. And it's directed by Sheldon Lettich, who did uh, Double Impact and Lionheart. I was just about to say that. And wrote Bloodsport. I mean, so this guy's legit. Pedigree, man. Yeah. And it's just such a good, it's just a feel good movie. It's, you know, you know exactly how it's going to end, but you don't care because it's a fun journey to go on. And it's got a good title. I think like if you, I'm looking at the poster right now as we're talking and, you know, power strength together. Those are the, those are the words on, on, on the cover of the poster that are highlighted. And I mean, they, they, they really push that togetherness with this group of, um, you know, disillusioned, troubled youth. So, and if you watch the film, that like that's what they do the whole movie. Like they're always they work train together, they work out together, and then in the end they win together. So it's just a fun movie. Yeah. Frank Dukes is in the film. He plays the the welder. No in, shit, I didn't know in that. The big, in the big garage fight. Yep, that's Frank Dukes. Man, I'm sure he he's like taking credit for this. Yeah, I actually did this down in Miami. Yeah, he probably invented Capoeira. Um, yeah, he did. who knows. <laughs> Mr. Dukes is an interesting character in and of himself. All right. Speaking of interesting, number three, Crying Freeman, uh, based off a Japanese manga, and I know they did some anime of it as well. Uh, A hitman with a heart, I guess, because after he would would kill, you know, there would be the tear, hence the name Crying Freeman. And of all the movies on this list, if you ask Mark Dacascos himself, what is your favorite movie? I'm going to bet he picks this movie, and you know why, Chad. Yeah, he he loves to cry on screen. No, that, that, that wouldn't be it. He met oh. his wife. Oh, okay. Julie Condra, he met her on the film about three years later. They got married, and they're still married to this day, which is a miracle in Hollywood. Yeah, I hope that they've gifted the casting director just the most just lavish gifts that they could find. You would think so. Because that would be a big, like, like fist bump, like, thanks, man. Absolutely. And, I, again, this one, uh, kind of bloody, kind of brutal, uh, which you would expect uh, from from the genre. Right. Yeah, it, it kind of jumps in and out of, like, these super violent scenes. There's not a lot of them, but when they happen, you're like, holy crap. That guy's arm just got chopped off. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. It's a movie I actually haven't watched in a long time, and this is reminding me that I, I need to get back to a rewatch. Right, and it's got uh, another action movie veteran in it, Ray Don Chong. Yes, I thought you were going to say Mako. And, well, he's in there as well. Yeah. He, he certainly is. So, yeah, there's some definite uh, familiar faces. Uh, Byron Mann is in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's another one too. Yeah, what you're saying. I got to rewatch this thing because it's been quite some time. I think the last time I watched it was when I reviewed it uh, for bulletproofaction.com. Yeah, it feels different than than most action movies at the time. You know what I mean? It's just like the pace is different. And I mean, how many movies can you 
think of that has like a Yakuza assassin who cries after he kills people. It's just strange. You know what I mean? It's different and it makes it better. I like it. Compelling character for sure. And you can understand why, you know, it's had all the adaptations that it's had. Uh, people are into it. And uh, I think Dacascos was a great choice to, to play, to play the part. Yeah. Uh, we're moving on now to number two on the list, but which this one was actually number one on your list. It was brotherhood of the wolf. I, I love this film. Um, it has a 7.0 in IMDb, and I don't think that's high enough. Um, it meshes some of my favorite movie elements together in one film. It's got it's historical. It, it takes it's 18th century France. It has um, like a predator creature element to it, uh, where there's this like this mysterious beast that's roaming the countryside in France, and it's just mauling and murdering people. And Mark Dacascus plays a Native American, which I'm a big mark for Native American culture. He plays this Native American who rolls around with uh, this French dude whose name I don't want to pronounce incorrectly. And <laughs> do you want to try? Uh, no. Okay, good. So, we'll just call him Sam. Uh, so they, they they cruise into this countryside and like on orders from the government to to basically investigate this these these killings and find out what the hell is going on and it's just cool. Like there's, like I said, there's predator stuff. There's it. it, I've always wanted historical predator or historical aliens. And I kind of got it with this movie. Yeah. And it was directed by the same guy who directed crying Freeman, uh, Christoph Gans. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, he was obviously a big DeCosco's fan. Yeah. And I'm a big Monica Bellucci fan. And, uh, she has a kind of, she has a pretty cool, uh, role in the film as well. I believe there's a little bit of skin from her. Uh, I, I bet RTG could tell you, RTG could tell me the exact minute. I should call him. Right. What what uh, time we what frame it's in? Where do I have to fast forward to? But yeah, there's some really cool action scenes in it. There's some that that they don't feel like they fit into the movie, but they're so badass that you can't look away. Um, but yeah, you just I've never seen a, another movie like this. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it. Um, it didn't resonate as much with me. Um, again, maybe it, I'm not a huge historical movie buff like you are, mm-hmm. um, but I know people love this. I mean, th- that's one of those ones where people are like, you have to see this. You have to see that. And maybe that hurt, hurt it somewhat too. You right. Know? And it's rare. It's like hard to find. It's right. It, it was definitely hard to find. So when I finally got it, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm, I'll check this out. See what everybody was talking about. I mean, it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't really my cup of tea. When it- right. And uh, Vincent Cassell, who's in it, he, I mean, he's like eerie, like every movie I've ever seen of his, he's like, he's like the ultimate European villain to me. Like I could see him in a James Bond movie as a bad guy. I could see him, you know, going up against. He's got that look. Yeah, I mean, he's he gotta does. Be a he's bad perfect. Guy. Yeah, you can't make him a good guy. He's like this elitist look to him. So he's great. Speaking of great, our number one movie on the Mark DeCosco's countdown. Number one with a bullet, in fact. This one blew the doors off everybody. Drive. Mark DeCosco's, Kadeem Hardison, Brittany Murphy. Such an interesting film. Like another one. It's like, where? what happened to it? So many of Mark DeCosco's movies, like it just did not get the wide release it should have. Is this the type of movie? Yeah, it may not have been like a huge blockbuster hit, but I think it would have right. made Mark DeCoscos more well known to the mainstream because this yeah. definitely has a mainstream appeal to it. Yeah, it does. And I don't know if it's the fact that the movie didn't didn't blow up, you know, numbers wise, money wise, but I don't know. It's weird because it feels like a direct to video movie when you're watching it to me. And then all of a sudden they have like this insane action scene. You're like, oh shit, this is like a blockbuster. And then, so like there are parts of it that aren't massive. And then, then you watch an action scene and you're like blown away by how good it is. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of uh, Dolph Lundgren's Army of One, AKA Joshua mm-hmm. Tree. That's another one that was like, you watch it and yeah, there's moments you're like, yeah, this is a, you know, direct to video HBO exclusive type, whatever. And then there's other times like this should have been in the theater. And everybody in the world should have seen this movie. Right. And I did, I didn't know this, but um, you, you told me this the other day when we were talking, I must've seen the wrong cut of this movie. So there are multiple cuts. There are two cuts. There's the director's cut, which I think 
has maybe like 14 more minutes, 15 more minutes of footage. Um, but it definitely changes the perception of Mark Dacascos' character because the cut for HBO version, it's more like Dacascos is just in all of this for the money. Like he right, and that's... just said, screw it. I'm going to cash in and screw over this company that I was working for and doing this thing where with the director's cut, you get more of the personal story of why he left and why he's really in California and what he needs this money for. And it makes a lot more sense. And that, that was my biggest problem with the film was that he didn't have enough. Like the, there was n- really no reason for me to root for him. I like Kadeem Hardison. Um, yeah. I think he's funny and like he reacts in a way that you, it's somewhat believable, but the Cascus's character, the, the the one that I watched, the the cut that I saw, he was just a dude who was like trying not to die and try to make some money. And I was like, right. oh, what a hero! <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to seek out this other version. That's good. I'm glad. And actually, I, I had seen an interview with uh, Kadeem Hardison where he said Brett Ratner came up to him, uh, who of course directed Rush Hour, and mm-hmm. said, "I don't think I could have released Rush Hour." if this movie had come out, you know, to a wide audience, because it definitely has a lot of that rush hour feel like it was rush it does, hour yeah. before there was rush hour. Um, with the interesting team up. You had the, you know, the comedy aspects and uh, one who really steals the movie at times is Brittany Murphy. Like she just comes <laughs> out of nowhere and it's like, wow, yeah. I would not have expected Number one, I wouldn't have expected Kadeem Hardison to be in an action movie. Right. I certainly wouldn't have expected Brittany Murphy and for her to to do so well with it. Yeah, she's got like, what, what 10 minutes maybe, 15 minutes in the middle of the movie? She, yeah, she maximizes the hell out of them. She's like the most memorable character in the film, uh, for good or for better or for worse, I guess, but uh, depending on what you thought. But yeah, I mean, the movie, it feels out of place at times because you don't expect the action seems to be so good. Um, and I, I just looked at director Steve Wang. Yep. Appears to be his name. And I was like, what else has he made? And there's not a whole lot. Some TV shows looks like he did after this, which is frightening. Like he, these, it's so good. <laughs> None of this makes sense. And it's like, yeah. especially when, again, like I told you, this movie was by far the number one pick by everyone who voted in this thing. It's beloved. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like it's it's our action movie fan revenge. Like, no, this is the movie that should have been the biggest Mark Dacascos movie there was, but just didn't happen. We need to find Steve Wang and see what the hell is going on with him. Like, did he did he like get caught with someone's wife? Like, what happened? Like, why did he not blow up? I don't get it. I I don't know. Do you want to start a rumor right now? Let's come up I, with one. Uh, no, no. By the end of this, I'm going to have a good one. It would be the first time. All right. <laughs> so that is it. The Mark DeCosco's Countdown. We want to thank everybody who participated. Again, keep an eye on our, our social media because we will definitely turn to you again in the future uh, to help us do these types of shows or maybe even do some uh, polls where you pick the topic uh, off a, a list of things that we could potentially talk about. And again, that's at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, but before we go, Chad, I wanted to do kind of play a little game of what if with you. Um, okay. Pl- playing off the fact that Mark DeCoscos somehow, someway, found himself playing the chairman on Iron Chef America. Secret ingredient. Right. And I love the original Iron Chef. Uh fantastic if that was on somewhere right now i'd probably be watching it um just a ridiculous like show. This podcast? maybe um you just stop talking and play it yeah i'd be like yeah get him get him chenson <laughs> um but uh, yeah so i was thinking can we think of some other uh action stars who could be in something that you wouldn't expect another unlikely tv role for an action star i think that it's doable and it's going to happen because I have one right now to give to you. Okay. And it's gold. It's gold. So we should probably get uh, HGTV or somebody on the line because I know they played up. They, they had, I don't know if it was HGTV, but one of those channels had the Vanilla Ice uh, doing home remodels program. 
and I want to do something very similar, and I've got the perfect guy for it. And that would be? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wow. Remodeling, like, uh, old buildings and homes, and just walking around, breaking shit, like, smashing bricks with his dim mock, and breaking boards, kicking stuff, and just smashing things. All the while, people are trying to fix these, like, 400-year-old houses and stuff, and you just got Van Dam back there spouting gibberish and breaking bricks with his brain. Maybe it could be the Belgian version of this old house. <laughs> it could be. So, ooh, I got it. How about we, we slap Van Dam with Bob Vila together? Oh, yeah. Bring Vila back. Bring him back. Who? Where is he? I don't know. I bet him and I bet him and Steve Wang are in like the, the uh, secret. Here, here, like uh, they must have done go. something, and the FBI hit him away. That's it. Maybe Bob Vila hit Steve Wang away, built him in a wall or something. <laughs> Could be, but yeah, let's get Van Dam his own show. Stat. Well, you know, he had his own show. It was called Jean Claude Van Johnson, and those bastards at Prime canceled it. And I love that that show. It should have been Jean Claude Van Remodel. Maybe. Maybe that's what this one could be called. Maybe they'd do better. I have an idea as well. Okay. And it's about Bulletproof Action favorite Dolph Lundgren. Oh, man. You know, Dolph, it's going to be good. I can tell you that right now. Dolph Lundgren is, you know, we've seen him showcase him, you know, kind of like Mark Dacascos. He's been a hero. He's been a villain. Always focusing on the man's physicality, though, which is a natural thing in an action movie. But the man is legit smart. He's got a brain too. So I thought, you know, Alex Trebek obviously is his time on Jeopardy is coming to a close at some point, probably sooner than later. Yes. Would uh, Dolph Lundgren not make a great Jeopardy host? I love it. I think we'd probably have to uh, get him like a new podium to stand behind. Right. Because I feel like he's just such a hawking dude. He would just like dwarf that podium. A little taller podium, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and who's going to, who's going to mess, you know, no one's going to get out of line. Not that I think Jeopardy contestants are getting out of line, but they certainly not would many, yeah. with no. Dolph Lundgren around. He'd probably have to like, like bend down a little bit so you could see the board behind him too, because he's pretty yeah. tall. He's a big dude. And like, could you imagine if he wanted to, he could be like, no, that's the wrong answer. Even if it was right, who's going to argue with that? That's true. That's true. Really, he could throw some monkey wrenches in there. So yeah, I say Jeopardy. You could have some cool categories that go along with uh, his movies, like the movies that no one saw of his, uh, like the the Russian specialist. Yes. Apparently, people love that. But uh, oh, that one, yeah, that one made the countdown. Yeah, yeah. There's so, but there's a bunch there that I can't think of off the top of my head. That the one with Jerry Springer, maybe. I don't. I didn't know that existed. I'm, it does. It. I've seen it. I couldn't tell you the name of it though. Yikes. But yeah, I dig that. That or maybe like be a, a Bill Nye, the science guy for the kids. Oh, that. Yeah, because he's a science dude too, right? With engineering? I think it was chemical engineering. Yeah, he could. That would be awesome. I'd love to have my child yeah, learn. He could do both. Away. I mean, he could do both. One's in the evening, one's during the day. I mean, Steve Harvey's on 18 different shows. So, you yeah, know, I, think, I think Dolph Lundgren could do it. He's he's a hardworking man. I think they cloned Steve Harvey. They may have. I think there's a there's like twelve of them running around. And he's, I'm waiting for him to knock on the door with the publisher clearinghouse is what I'm waiting for, but <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Just uh, wait. If it does, yeah. business is going to pick up here uh, at Bulletproof Action. I could tell you that right now. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Another thing I did see on Instagram uh, recently was my good friend. Well, not really. I wish he were my good friend, Elaine Moosey. She had a nice little clip of him he was doing the splits on his countertop in the kitchen and flinging eggs into the fry pan and that kind of made me think too down the line when when he's done with his action movie career because it's really just getting started so I, right. definitely down the line don't be distracting yourself with this idea now moosey you know an elaine moosey cooking show with his french canadian accent people would buy into whatever he was saying oh and the more you talk about that I think the more people are salivating over the idea of it. Right. I mean, again, you sit there, if it was me or you just saying, oh, this is what you do, whip these eggs or whatever, they'd be like, shut the hell up. But a French guy with a French Canadian <laughs> accent says it's like, oh, this guy knows everything. Well, what, what if we, can I, can I bring a guest on in the first episode or maybe not the first episode, but an early episode? Sure. Would it be Van Damme to promote his? Uh... Nope. It, 
It would not be that. That that's a that's second season. I want Monica Bellucci on there with that with that accent, and I think it's that's gonna, that's how you get viewers right there. All right, Moosey and Monica. Moosey and Monica in the morning, cooking show. <laughs> I like it. Absolutely, I would watch it. I would DVR it if I was not home. All right. Well, speaking of content and shows, Chad, it's my t- time to put you on the hot seat. What's going on on the Bulletproof Action YouTube channel? Which, of course, again, if you didn't hear my plug earlier, you could subscribe to at Bulletproof Media. Well, the Bulletproof Action YouTube channel is uh, is in a constant state of just this. My my creative my creative juices are always flowing. Let's just put it that way, okay? Your juices are all over it. My juices all are all over this thing, and not the laptop. That I'm never mind. But they're all over the place. So I've got I've got a million ideas in in eleven minutes of free time to do them. So um, by the time this airs, I think we're going to have first episode of of uh, Second Chance Cinema up. I'm looking forward to it. Got some editing to do on that bad boy. And then uh, Thursday Night Fights will continue. Uh, you know, that YouTube copyright situation, you know, that's just a pain in the butt, but we're working through it. And uh, we're always open to more ideas. I know we, we'll get things on, on, on our Twitter account, our Facebook account from time to time, people suggesting movies and recommending movies. And so I'm always looking at stuff. And I think that in the very near future, there's going to be a little hint of some Indian action movies on the, uh, the YouTube oh. page in the form of Thursday Night Fights. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I hope it's a big hit. I hope so as well. And I hope everybody has enjoyed this episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. Thank you for checking it out. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating if you'd like. I think we got a few more of those recently, as a matter of fact, over on iTunes. Um, And again, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podbean, geekscape.net we're everywhere that you get your podcast so tell your friends about us thank you again for listening i am chris the brain for chad cruz we will be back for more of the bulletproof podcast you're listening to the geekscape network 